Welcome to this episode of the podcast guys. Here we continue our conversation with Mrs. Kaye. If you haven't seen the previous podcast, please go check it out. So, um I'm going to steer the conversation here a little bit because um <laughs> I also am um good at uh, technology and like um I do design um, tools for autistic uh, children um to make their lives easier day to day experiences. Um So what are your views on technology trying to make lives uh, easier and uh, do you think it's a viable uh, option in society Um definitely I feel well as it is there are quite a number of autistic people's lives who have been transformed by technology um for example I think there's a young girl called Carly whom they discovered could actually really express herself by using like this keyboard to type her thoughts and actually realize that she has so many thoughts in her heads so i think technology has really freed up stuff and uh, in the case for my son you know he's really not that big about using technology to communicate but there are so many things that i feel like for example right now with covid i i can't go to bali and back then before we even went there our video calls were just one minute one minute long and now it is 30 minutes and that even someone like him could actually be trained to focus on the screen to do interactions and and actually one of the very good ways of training an autistic person to learn things because they they need visuals um and and repeat repeated stuff and is is to make videos videos to teach video modeling like you want to teach them certain skills is to make a video and then show them the video and have them watch it and then practice it. So actually I feel that technology has a big role to play. Um there was also something else like um being able to uh, sense uh, emotions. So there's also these things called sensory jackets that actually that uh, somebody in Singapore had actually kind of invented. and they were something that you could adjust with an app on how much a sensory pressure to put on this jacket to squeeze the autistic person to help them to regulate um so this could be something that could be useful um for an autistic person um and also yeah i know about uh, arian i know about your work about trying to design a, a emotion recognition software that could actually help autistic people to read um emotions better um except the challenge is to try to uh, be able to detect more ambivalent emotions um that would be not so difficult but the other thing i think that might be helpful <laughs> just yeah. to give you a suggestion might be for them to actually give them a few tips about how they could possibly respond because one of the one of the there are two aspects about the anxiety in communication for autistic people is like first of all um what are, what is the other person going to say what do they really mean and then how should i respond back so there's all of these things that they have to like think about so i wonder whether there could be some kind of feature 
that they could go like, hmm, give them suggestions like, the person looks like this, perhaps there are like three different ideas that you could like tell them, like different things you could suggest, <laughs> where they could query the emotion like, uh, you look to me like you are upset. Am I correct in reading this or something like that? And maybe like give them this opportunity to, you know, to, to sort of train them to know how to interact more comfortably. Um, because I think some autistic people could really like use this help. I know there are some other autistic people who are very adept at being able to sort of you know, figure out the situation and then they can still come up with stuff themselves. But then others, because it's really on a spectrum, they could really like use some suggestions. And, um, and I think the other way to think about this is, um, and this, I just realized it by the way, Ariane, is that for autistic people, objects are very often friends. It's because mm -hmm. objects don't judge them. So the tool that you design for them could almost be, it kind of like, you know, kind of like a Siri, right? Like they have a name and it's like their friend. So that in any social situation, they are kind of paired with someone who's their friend. So the, that device could be almost like, you know, customized, personalized, like, oh, hi, you know, John, um, how can I help you? You know, that sort of like be really like, oh, wow. I just, you know, like they can do some practice runs and it really like form a relationship. So maybe it could the, be a device that forms a relationship. That's the kind of advanced technology, uh, AI and like language processing and uh, all the things with uh, thinking about in my um, research and development initiative. Um, so I'm gonna make this a tradition and ask this from everyone. Uh, so can you suggest some kind of a tool to make life easier? Like um, you did suggest some um, good suggestions for my um, previous tool, but uh, can you like elaborate on some problem with the daily routine that you think can be solved by futuristic technology? Like it can be as crazy as a uh, flying car, but um, the most important problem you think that needs to be solved through futuristic technology? Well, I mean, yeah. you know, the hardest thing for autistic people in life is almost just to travel through our environment. Like, because every place is noisy, um, overstimulating. Like, for example, just as an example, okay? Um, in Bali, Bali is a great place, but it can be over by tourists and they have this lovely island just like next door to it. The problem right now is you have to take this boat, okay? This ferry to go there. And the thing about it is that whole shebang of, do you know when you board it from Bali, you literally have to yeah. run in the water. <laughs> yeah, I do. I and, the suitcase, and then you have to hop into it. And then after that, then actually when we ride in it, um, everybody is sitting prime next to you. And my son has this thing that he wants the windows, all the windows to be shut. And so there's no air. And so he annoys the people sitting in front of us and behind us, right? So it's all yeah. this kind of annoying things that makes you like, so my, I told my husband, like, if we ever make it back to Bali to go to that island, I need to hire a boat, a private boat to get there. But of yeah. course, that's going to be a lot more expensive and everything. So to me, it's like, you know, if there's some kind of a, transport situation that can you know allow our kids somehow to be protected from any of this it could be a bubble you know like a device they can zip themselves in so they can be surrounded by people but they're inside their own bubble you know i literally call it a bubble 
It's an invention. It could be a bubble. Because if yeah, it's like I mean, soundproof or whatever, it, it would I be think, great. <laughs> I think everyone could use a bubble of their own. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Um, because... Yeah, because for them, sensory aspects and sound and all of this is a huge, huge problem. Like, I'm always amazed at how autistic kids in Singapore can handle our environment. Because, first of all, it's very small. Um, it's always under construction somewhere. And the environment situation, and it's so dense. So every place just walking through any closed areas is full of echo and and people are just noisy. And so between all of that, it's very, very difficult for autistic people. So I think that, um, so any kind of device that can make their life easier in terms of going to places from one place to another, commutes, um, or just making spaces quieter for them, um, it would be so much nicer. It could be something they could wear on their head. It could be something that they could, you know, I've actually seen well. this concept in a um, TV show about an autistic kids. It's a great TV show. Um, it like, uh, I mean, mm. I, I don't know if I'm qualified to say this, but I guess it captures the um, spectrum well. Uh, it's atypical. If you've heard of it, yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, it's. A, yeah, I, I just think it's a really great show. Do you think it um, like just uh, does justice to the situation, like in explaining it? Um, it certainly explains a certain kind of autistic person. Again, like, like he is someone who, to me, you know, it, it's, it's quite a bit of struggle because clearly he has the competencies to be in the mainstream, right? But at the same time, he has serious anxiety that makes it very difficult for him to cope. Um, so again, you can see that it's not just like a, a one-way street in some way. They need so much the understanding of mainstream society and very often mainstream society is not up to scratch. So you, you can see that the failure lies in the fact that we very often place the major onus on him to be making the accommodation, right? So we, we need to be doing a lot more in order to help them. So I don't know, there's just so much. I can always also think about like clothes, like the kind of clothes that could be invented be comfortable for autistic people because sometimes they're clothes that feel scratchy um, because their skin is very sensitive and so can you imagine sitting in clothes that are uncomfortable for you um, so these are also some of the things that you know uh, tech technology could change but of course don't make it super expensive so that's yet another thing there's so much we don't know and like we just need the answers today i think i, I think this um tool you're thinking about a bubble kind of thing um, can be solved by customizable headphones like which can be customized through an app uh, what do you want to hear like calming sounds or um, even a VR headset which actually has like um, which can bring him to uh, his own home looking at the cars we mentioned before oh yeah totally yeah that yeah, could be a calming right. VR thing would be really cool that totally. could be a calming effect yeah and um, finally, uh, since, it, since we're living in a COVID time, how do you think COVID has affected your relationship and um, your relationship with your son, of course, and uh, how has it affected his life and uh, his conventional way of living? Um, well, actually, ironically, contrary to what I thought that, you know, it's really bad. <laughs> it's a really bad thing because we used to visit him once every two months. 
um, was that he's actually even more independent. Um, and so in my analysis of trying to understand why this is the case is that in truth, is that he leads a really wonderful life in Bali. He has a lot of independence. Um, he has a lot of activities. There are actually things that he used to enjoy doing during our holidays. Uh, in Bali, they ride on motorcycles everywhere. Um, I mean, he doesn't ride on his own, he's on pillion. Um, he gets to go around in nature. So he, and at the same time, he's with carers who treat him as he's an adult. And he has no other expectations of them except that they treat him as an adult. But when we see him and visit him, though he is a lot better and happier and everything, he can still have these moments of like, hey, you know what? I'm like a baby. Like, you know, I'm your child. And let me be childlike when I feel like it. And you have to fix my problems. So he yeah. has that. And it creates that ambivalence and confusion as to am I a child or am I an adult? So, but when he's by himself, I mean, not by himself, when he's in Bali, without the dynamic of being near me, then it's very clear to him that he's a young man. So he can be a young man. So what we have seen is that he is growing up even better and he's doing very well um, with COVID. He's learning to, you know, he wears the mask, he does his stuff, his life has been very rich and despite all the lockdowns and everything and actually, if he were still the way he used to be, this would have been very difficult because the way he used to be, he expects Monday, he does this, Tuesday, he does that, Wednesday, he does this. And you know, right now with lockdowns, um, there are some days you can't go to some places. And, but in fact, my, the way my son is, and it's been about almost five years since he's lived in Bali, is that he's so flexible. You can change. You can change the activity. You can tell him the day before because they decide, they talk about what they're going to do the next day because he puts it in the calendar, which is something that I had you know, taught him. But yeah. it can be changed if it's raining the next day. And, and I cannot tell you, he, he goes surfing. This is one of the things that Italian uh, therapists, uh, I mean, had taught him the surfing therapy is that when I first was still with him and it, things were still not going well because you know, the psychologist taught me stuff. I didn't know how to execute a lot of things. I understood that it was still hard to be the parent that my son needed. And that we had we went surfing when it was raining like mad and the waves were huge and so scary. And we went because it's Tuesday and we had to go. We were scared. Otherwise he beat us up. That's what we thought. And we felt we were so scared and we would endanger ourselves and him to go surfing. And but now it's not even ever the case at all. They go when you know it's right, when the conditions are right. So he has gone months now without surfing because the beach is closed. He can go to certain places or not go to certain places. And Bali has like the day of the silence where you don't go anywhere. You have to stay at home for 24 hours. And he's fine. He's like he can accommodate. And you, you say that to any parent with autistic kids, that they go, oh my God, my kid needs routine. My kid needs like this, like that. And I can tell you that it's not, it's not a correct understanding of autism, that they need routine. What they need is clarity. Very often they need routine is because there's no clarity to tell them about the change. And also they need routine is because so much of their life is messed up. 
That's why they need the routine to cling onto. But if they are happy and things are stable, they don't need anything to cling onto. So this is the reason why they have routine. We are no different. Otherwise, the anxiety kicks in. Because we ourselves have routine in a sense that we wake up in the morning, we know we're going to go brush our teeth, and then we know we're going to go to school. We have many things we know. For a lot of autistic people, they don't have things they know because people very often don't bother to tell them. So what happened when my son and uh, my husband and I go and visit Sebastian before was that what we do is that I would prepare an itinerary, a visual itinerary of the holiday we would spend because we would always do different things with him. So that's very anxiety provoking. But what I do is I prepare the sheets, I send it ahead to my carer, and one day beforehand, they will print it out. And do you know he holds it in his hand? And he will hold it all throughout the holiday. And each day he will go through it and he's running through the itinerary. He's like, okay, this one is finished, that one is finished. It is no different from you know people going on holiday to a foreign country, right? It's an itinerary. And very often people forget to do that for an autistic person and go, oh, whatever, he won't understand anyway. And this is all the little things that we do. And it's not just about communication, it's about control. If you have no control in your life, like with anyone, you feel anxiety, right? And the way I explain it is like, if you woke up in the, in the Amazon rainforest, if you are a person who's a city person like me, okay? And you have yeah. no idea what, you know, how to get out, right? What, won't you be anxious or would you be like, be oh, like, oh, like, oh, <laughs> like, you know, if the sudden noise would happen, you'll be all freaked out, correct? Like, like anybody. So this is very normal reaction. And yet when the autistic person behaves the way they do, when we are people who are so familiar with our surroundings, we don't realize for them, this is our Amazon rainforest. That's a great analogy and like a wonderful way to end our discussion here. Um, you're happy, um, independent son in Bali, having fun in nature. I mean, that's just a great picture. I'm sure you're uh, proud in what you've achieved as a parent mm -hmm. and what your son has achieved. As we know, like you're proud of your son, immensely proud. And uh, <laughs> this has been a lovely and informative con uh, conversation. Thanks a lot um, for uh, being here. Can I tell people about the blog and the book? Yeah, so sure. Go on. Um, if anyone is interested to know more about um, my social enterprise, it's called A Mother's Wish, and you can go to um, www.amotherswish.com.sg slash blog to read all the blog entries. It's really cool. Um, you can also just go to the website to check out you know, the paintings and the merchandise, but also the book that I wrote, which is Where Does My Autistic Son Belong? Um, I love this book and I put it out there because it was a book I had to write in order to share all the parenting mistakes I had made. And my hope is for parents to, to read it. And actually I've put a lot of the chapters, I serialized it um, so that you know parents who can't afford to buy the book can also actually read the chapters as well. And they have been put up on Medium. So, but you can see the links on my blog to go to a medium to read the full uh, entry of each chapter. So I've done it up to chapter 12, but it's a very long book. Um, but yeah, so there'll be more serialized chapters coming up. And so uh, I, I can- you guys can check. Yeah. 
thank you ma'am and i can confirm that um, this blog and this um, book is like these blogs are just um, one of the greatest way to understand about autism if you're a beginner or even if you're like a parent uh, um, who is an autistic kid because i myself when i was um, understanding about autism when i was trying to understand about autism and um, trying to relate with them i read uh, miss kain's blogs and uh, i was just helped a lot by it in um, in my thinking it just changed my perspective and i'd also recommend watching some videos on youtube um, of um, autistic people uh, so to understand their behavior if you uh, want to understand the situation uh, a lot better and yeah that's been my two cents thank you kain ma'am for being here again Thank you, Ariane, for having me. I know we talked for a very long time. I hope it's not too overwhelming. <laughs> no. But thank you so much for what you're doing, and uh, and I really hope that this um, podcast will help many people out there. So thank you, Ariane, for this initiative.